Genesis chapter 5, verse 24. We're going to talk about an individual in the Bible tonight that is a very interesting person. Somebody that I've always been kind of fascinated with. The Bible doesn't say a great deal about this person, but the little that it does say about him is very interesting, and I think there's some very good insight that we see with Enoch here. And I think when we study the life of Enoch, it can kind of help us answer some questions that, I don't know, maybe these questions have come to your mind when studying the Bible. Uh, I know they came to mind, but when I study Enoch's life, it helped me understand some other things in the Bible. But Enoch, uh, he was a very special person. Genesis chapter 5, verse 24, it says, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Enoch never died. God took him. He lived before the flood. They lived a lot longer than we do now. And he lived 365 years, which sounds like a really long time, but during this period of time in the Bible, it wasn't really that long. And God took him. And Enoch it doesn't really say a whole lot why, except that he walked with God. Later on in the Bible, we see, uh, I believe it's in Hebrews, it mentioned, and we're going to be going to that, that he pleased God. But, uh, we see that about Enoch, and that's very interesting. We don't know what went on during those 365 years exactly, but we know that he walked with God, and we know that that pleased God, and he was a very special person that God <clears throat> took to heaven. And we're going to look at some things about his life, but before we do, I want you to just think a little bit. And I know thinking sometimes it's not what you want to do, you know, at church, but we're going to, we're going to try to think a little bit. But have you ever wondered why God doesn't deal with People and groups the way he did in uh, in the Old Testament. I mean, you, uh, there's a few stories I want to refer to. We're not going to take time to read all of it, but if you're maybe taking notes and you want to write these passages down, if you haven't heard these stories, I challenge you to go and read them. But in the book of Numbers, chapter 16, verse 28 through 35, it tells a story about how God destroyed Dora, Korah, Dathan. And Abiram, these guys were standing against Moses. They were going against the man of God. And Moses, finally, he kind of just puts a test out there and he says, you know what, alright, if I'm right, then and a new thing happens and the ground opens up and swallows you all up, then we're going to know that I'm telling the truth. And sure enough, an earthquake comes and the ground opens and these guys all fall in there and then the ground closes back up. And guess what? That settled the argument real quick. Can you imagine seeing that? I mean, what? I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice if some of these groups that are out there that are you know working against us, if the Lord would just open up the ground and swallow them up and close the ground back up? You know, we wouldn't have to worry about people listening to them anymore. I mean, people real quick, I think, would probably change their minds. You think, I oh, don't know, maybe in this day and age, people probably still would listen to them. But that would be very effective, and God did that. And that story another time when the people went against Moses and they were complaining. In Numbers chapter 21, God sent fiery serpents among them that started biting the people and the people started dying. Can you imagine that? People in church start causing... If the people who come into church sometimes and start causing problems, if the Lord sent fiery serpents after them and they all started getting bit and just dying right there, well, I think that probably started revival in the church, I would think. You at least get everybody repenting. Why doesn't God do that anymore? You know, there's been times. I'll, I'll admit it. Maybe I'm not real spiritual all the time. It's like, man, Lord, 
Go ahead and send some fiery serpents along. <laughs> take, you know, take care of this. And you know, you remember that story. You know, he, they went and took that brass serpent, they put it on the pole, and they held it up to the people and said, "Look and live." And those who looked at that serpent, they lived. Very effective argument right there. Very effective. Uh, another time in the life of Moses, when Miriam and Aaron they stood up against Moses, and all of a sudden Miriam became leprous. Can you imagine that? If maybe those people that you work with that give you grief sometimes because you're a Christian, they go up against you, maybe they're mocking you and making fun of you, if God would just smite them with leprosy right there, they'd just turn pure white. That'd be pretty effective, wouldn't it? But God doesn't God doesn't do that anymore. Why not? You know, and I remember, you know, there's been times I'd read these stories and it's like, Lord, why don't you go why don't you go ahead and do something like that? And Lord, why don't you uh, you know, open the ground up and swallow some of these people? I mean, you, you know, we're in the election year, and you see some of these politicians get up there, and they're just up there lying through their teeth. It's like, Lord, you know, wouldn't be that hard for you to send a lightning bolt down on them? Why not? You know, that Lord, that would that would make such, that would have such a big impact. Why don't you do that? Well, when we look at the life of Enoch, I think it can kind of help us answer some of those questions. But Enoch, he was one of only two people who never died. And not a whole lot in the Bible is said about him, but there was something special about him, and I believe that it was his walk. It was his walk with God. And what was so special about Enoch's walk with God? Well, when you look in Genesis and we read about Adam and Eve, the Bible says they walked with God in the cool of the day. Look, I know this is an amazing thing, but God God loves people. God loves us. God wants to have a relationship with people. He wants us to walk with Him. We sing the song in the garden and He walks with me and He talks with me. God wants to do that. He wants you to have a walk with Him. And God did that with Adam and Eve. But you remember the story in Genesis chapter 3. Man sinned and God ended up banishing them from the garden. Verse 22, Genesis 3 says, "...and the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever." Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. You know, our sin, it separates us from God. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We forget that. We think that because we're saved too, that... Uh, that means everything's going to be great for the rest of our life. Even if you're a saved person, if you allow sin in your life, you're not going to be have the, you're not going to be able to have the kind of walk that you you could have with God. It's going to cause uh, there's going to be some separation. Now, I'm not saying you're going to lose your salvation. We know you can't do that, but you can lose your walk with God. And many people they seem to not these days they don't really care about having a walk with God. They just want the salvation. As long as they're going to heaven, they're fine with that. But they're not real interested in having that walk with God. But our sin, it's going to cause problems. And Enoch, we don't know everything about his life, but I believe that he was a very godly man, a very holy man. That I mean, he was close to God, who kept the sin out of his life. I mean, during those uh, those times, the world was getting wicked and more wicked all the time. And Enoch, he didn't go along with that. Enoch kept a close walk with God. And God was pleased. And I believe that it's very possible that Enoch was probably the first one to walk with God since Adam and Eve. 
And, uh, and, and he was special to God because God, want, God wants that kind of relationship with people. There's others, there, I believe there was others that were saved before Enoch, but we, not, we don't read about any of them having a walk with God like, like Enoch did. We see that there was something special about this man. And there are many people who are saved today, but they don't have that walk with God. They, they don't have that personal relationship with Him like God wants. God wants that with you. God wants to speak to you. He wants to fellowship with you. God wants you to be, He wants you to be learning things. He wants you to grow spiritually. He wants you to pray. Listen, as a pastor, I can't, you know, do all those things for you. I'll pray for you. But God wants you to pray too. I can study and I can do what I can to try to teach you things from the Word of God. But God wants you to study too. He wants you to get alone with Him and He wants you to get into His Word and get involved. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear My voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with Me. I believe that's talking to saved people there. That's not just a that's not a verse about salvation. I believe it's a verse for saved people. He wants that sup with me uh, or sup with him. It's talking about fellowship. God's standing there and He's knocking at the door of people's hearts today, and He's wanting fellowship with people. He wants that closeness. Can you imagine if you found out or if there, if you had the opportunity to get close to some maybe well-known person, some famous person? People would love that. People love to think they maybe have some kind of connection with somebody. There's people out there, some of the politicians and things out there, they're real good at making people feel special and feel important when they get around them. And uh, it, it makes people feel good because it's this high up person. And you know this person knows my name. Jack Hiles, from what I understand, he was one of those preachers that remembered people's names all the time. And he was, he was a pastor of a very large church and paid close attention to people. And you talk to a lot of people, and it seems like he was best friends with about everybody. Everybody thinks they were best friends with him. Because he made people feel that way. He made them feel special. And listen, there's nothing wrong with getting close to people, but God wants to be close to you. He wants to have that close, personal relationship with you. With you. God wants that. And you might think, you know, why? There's nothing special about me. There is to God. There's something. We might not be able to figure out what it is. You might not be able to figure out what it is. But God wants that. We don't know anything really about Enoch's personality as far as you know whether he was the smartest guy around or the most talented person or the best looking person. We don't know any of those things. All we know is that he walked with God. And he had this testimony that he pleased God. And God wants that walk with us. And yet many people today, they don't seem interested. They don't. And you know, one of the things we see in the Bible is that Jesus, even while He was on earth, He had friends that He was closer to than others. I think about guys like, or people like Mary and Martha and Lazarus. There was something special about those people that Jesus seemed to always be going by there. He loved those, he loved those people. I think about John, the beloved disciple. There was something special about him too. I don't know. I don't know for sure, but I wonder if it's just those people. They wanted to be as close to him as possible. John, he was the disciple that laid on Jesus' breast. He wanted to be close to him, and that desire to be close to him, I think, 
I think Jesus would have done that for anybody. But I think maybe John got a little more attention because he was he wanted it from Jesus too. Same thing with Mary. She was the one that washed Jesus' feet with her hair. These people loved Him like crazy and they wanted to be close to Him and Jesus gave the same thing right back to them. And I believe He'll do that for any of us. I think that maybe you think, oh, you know, the Lord just doesn't seem to care about me. He just seems so distant from me. Well, maybe it's because we're not paying any attention to Him. Maybe it's because we're not. We don't seem to have a desire to become close to Him. Have you ever known some, seen somebody? Maybe they come into church, or maybe it's somebody you work with, or a neighbor, and you think, you know what? I like. I'm going to be friendly with that person. I want to kind of reach out to them and try to make friends with them. And you go and you talk to them, and they act like they could care less that you're talking to them. They act like, what are you doing talking to me? You know, people like that are hard to be friends with. At some point, they've got to kind of reach out to you too. I remember we had a, there was a teenage boy that came to our church when I was a teenager and he was real quiet. He never talked to my dad. He was like, hey, you need to try to go make friends with him. He was a very unhappy looking person. He was like, you ought to go talk to him. So I went and I tried talking to him. and I'm talking and talking. I can talk to pretty much anybody. But this guy, he would not talk. All I'd get was yes or no answers from him. He just never wanted to talk. And I, I tried a couple times, and finally I gave up. And, you know, my dad would be like, Tom, you need, to, you need to really try to get to know this guy. You know, be friendly to him. I was like, Dad, I'm trying, but he don't talk. And I'd go and I'd try and just could not connect. This guy would not talk. Just wouldn't do it. And I believe that's how it is with us sometimes. Christ, He's constantly trying to speak to us. He's constantly reaching out to us. He wants to be our friend. He wants us to walk with Him, but we're too busy. We ignore Him. We don't have time for Him. And when you act, I tell you, when you act that way with people, it just pushes them away. You're going to have a hard time having friends if you're like that with people. You know, you, ought to, you, need, you, know, you need to pay attention to others. And we especially need to pay attention to Christ. And then, listen, there's a lot of people today who are saved. who They get saved, but they never show their appreciation to God. I think in Luke chapter 17, if you want to turn there in your Bibles, Luke chapter 17, I think, I think in a way this is really a pretty sad story. It's an exciting story, but at the same time, there's something sad that we see here. But Luke 17, verse 12 says, And he entered into a certain village, and there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto them, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Here we see an exciting story. Ten lepers have just been healed of their leprosy just by a simple word from Christ. And these men are healed. But there was only one person who went and thank God. You know what happened? Nine of these men, they got what they wanted from them. They wanted healed from their leprosy. They got that. That was all they needed. They weren't interested in going back and thanking Him and showing any appreciation to Him. 
And they, they went on their separate ways. A lot of people are like that too. They get saved. Alright, I'm good. I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. I don't have to worry about hell. Now, Lord, leave me alone. I'm not going to church. I'm not, I'm not going to have a walk with God. And Jesus, I believe, He was disappointed. He said, where are the nine? Only one returned. And what's interesting, the one that returned was a Samaritan. He, Jesus told these men to go to the priest. But this one was a Samaritan. He couldn't do that. He had no other place to go. And he goes and he returns to Christ and he thanks Him. And you know, many times those are the ones that God uses and is close to are a lot of times the people that maybe uh, nobody else wants. A lot of us, it's like we think we're too good for Christ. We're too important. We're not interested in thanking Him for what He's done for us. We're not interested in thanking Him for saving us and going back to Him and bowing before Him and asking or surrendering our lives to Him, saying, Lord, you know, what would you have us to do? We got what we wanted. And that's how these men were. I think that's a very sad story. I think Jesus wanted all of them to come and thank Him, and they should have thanked Him. They should have. Many times we see in the Bible where people, after Jesus would do things, they wanted to follow Him. We've talked here about the, that maniac of Gadara. After he Jesus uh, cast those demons out of him and he got saved, he wanted to be a disciple of Christ. And Jesus, he kept him there. But that man ended up winning his village of Christ. Next time Jesus came back, there was a multitude waiting for him. Jesus wants that walk with people, but Enoch. I don't, he not only desired salvation from his sin, I believe he desired a walk with God. Just like we have that choice to accept that gift of salvation, I believe we have a choice to choose to have that walk with God. Revelation 22.17 says, "...and the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely." Whosoever will. God wants us... We have that choice for salvation. He offers that gift to everybody, but you have to accept that gift. But also, in Titus chapter 2, verse 11, I want to read this verse. It says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Everybody, so everybody could be saved. Everybody. Not everybody accepts that gift of salvation. But if they wanted, they all, they all could. There's other verses. We're not going to take time to go into them. But there are many verses that support that. But we also have a choice to walk with God. Revelation 4, verse 11. says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. We were created for God's pleasure. But we have a choice of whether or not we're going to please God. Remember, that's what Enoch did. He had this testimony that he pleased God. If you wanted to, even though you're saved, you could go and live a life in sin. You could go and get involved in all the filth that is out there in this world. You could do all that, but you're not going to please God. And that's not why you're here today. We're here to give glory to God. We're here for His pleasure. Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 11. I'm jumping all over the place. The scripture you don't have to turn to all of them, but Ezekiel thirty-three, verse eleven. I want to read this first to you. It says, "Say unto them, as I live, saith the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways. For why will ye die, O house of Israel? God does not please when bad things 
happen because of other people's wickedness. And listen, if you live a sinful life, there's going to be consequences. I mean, there are consequences that come with sin. Sin always brings destruction, and God does not get pleasure in that. A lot of times when we talk about sin and the destruction that it brings and you know and the curse that it can bring in your life, it's like people uh, they get this attitude that God is up in heaven and enjoying punishing people when they do bad things. God gets no pleasure in that. God warned us. God has warned us and He's uh, He's commanded us to stay away from these things. He's not pleased. God is, does not enjoy seeing wicked people pay for their sins. What does bring Him pleasure is when the wicked turn from their sins. And when, they, uh, when they're able to avoid, avoid those things, that's what pleases God. Amen. We ought to have that desire to walk with Him. Because we want to please Him. And just walking with Him, it's more than just saying that you walk with them. There's action involved in it. You you have to do it. There's things that are going to be involved. You're going to have a prayer life. I tell you, that's something we don't take advantage of. I mean, prayer, what a wonderful privilege that is. To be able at any time to bring our request to God and to know that He hears us. Have you ever made a request to somebody before and you knew it just fell on deaf ears? Maybe a boss at work, you go and you talk to them and they didn't pay attention to a word I said. I remember when I worked at Walmart Distribution Center, they had the open door policy. And at any time, any associate could go talk to any level of management. And they had a sundown rule. They had to give you some kind of answer before the next day. And it didn't mean they were going to give you what you wanted, but they were at least going to look into it and Give you some kind of answer, and you know, and I and I remember, uh, you know, I try not to bother too much, but I remember one time they had a grassroots meeting where they would have somebody from each department go and you know express their concerns to the management, and you know we were supposed to talk to the people in our area and let them know what their concerns were, and uh, they had uh, they had picked me to go that day to that grassroots meeting, and I remember you know everybody. I had all kinds of people, you know, go, go complain about this and tell them this is terrible, you know, blah, blah, blah. And there was a few legitimate things that came up. I was like, all right, I'll go. I'm pretty good at, uh, you know, getting my point across and, and uh, argue things. And so I remember I went and I thought, boy, this is, this is going to be good. He is going to give us what we want. I, I've got a foolproof argument here. And I remember I went up there and presented it to him. And you, you could just see it on his face. I could care less about that. <laughs> And it was one of those deals where you looked and you're like, ah, nothing's going to happen there. <laughs> nothing's going to be done about that. Maybe when you were a kid, you go to your mom or your dad and, oh, Dad, can you do this? You know, can I? Can I oh, well, we'll see about it. And it's like, yeah, no, he's not going to do anything about that. Uh, you know, he, he didn't even pay attention to what I just said. You know, God doesn't do that with us. God does, God's not like that. He listens. I'm not saying He gives us everything we want, but He listens. He pays attention. And you know what else? He's excited when He sees us coming to Him. He wants us to come to Him with our problems. He wants us to bring our requests. There are some people, you know, you don't want to talk to them about your problems because they, they just have this edge, ah, i got to hear from you again. I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to hear your complaints. I mean, they'll listen. Maybe a boss, yeah, they'll listen because they have to. I mean, you could tell the managers in those grassroots meetings, they hated them. It was just something that they had to do that the higher-ups made them do because it looked good and all that. You could tell they hated it. 
They didn't want to hear about all that stuff. They had one guy in our area one day that they sent to that meeting who was kind of a loudmouth, <laughs> and and I guess he went he went in there and he just. I guess he lit things up in there and just caused a bunch of trouble. He ended up getting called into the office afterwards. I guess he got a little out of hand, and uh, you know he he probably did uh, step out of line a little bit. But you know, you could tell a lot of times they didn't want to hear it. God's not like that. God's not. I mean, God is God, but yet He pays attention to every one of us, and He cares, and He He wants He wants to hear from us, and I, I think that's a wonderful thing. About God, but Enoch he had that testimony that he pleased God. We see that in Hebrews chapter eleven, verse five. We haven't turned over there yet, but it says, "By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God." Like I said in the Old Testament, all we really see about Enoch that. He did was walk with God, and that pleased him. And I don't know about you, but I want, I want to please God in my life. I want God to be to be happy with me. I want Him to be pleased with me. I want Him to be pleased with with this church. I want Him to be pleased with what we do. And if we're going to please God, I believe we need to try to do like Enoch did, and we need to have a walk with God. Well, if we would get more people. As a church, or as a pastor, if I could just challenge more people to get in their Bibles and to be reading and studying the Word of God and get more people praying, I tell you, that's going to get heaven's attention. If we could have more people in this community calling out to God on a regular basis, I believe God could do things for this area. I mean, there's a lot of problems going on in this area. Things aren't uh, things aren't going the best out here in a lot of different areas, and I believe the answer is we need to get more people. Calling on the name of the Lord. More people walking with God. One of the ways that God uh, is going to bless you, it may be through your job. I believe if we get more saved people out here, more people walking with God, I believe it would help the economy in this area. I believe it would. We get more people saved, more people walking with God, it's going to help with the crime rate. It's going to go down. If people are saved and they're in church, uh, they're going to be less likely to be out holding up gas stations and out doing drugs and all those things. That lost people do that kind of thing is going to stop. I remember when we moved out here and just some of the things we saw the second night in town when our gas was siphoned. I remember I told my wife, I was like, you know, that's just a reminder that if that if that person would have gotten saved a long time ago, he wouldn't have been stealing our gas. And that's the truth. Uh, you know that neighbor that drives you crazy. Uh, those people that you hear, those, that uh, husband and wife that lives next door that you're screaming at each other all the time and yelling and cussing. If they get saved, they'd stop doing that. If they start having a walk with God, they're gonna, it's going to improve their marriage. They're going to get a whole, along a whole lot better. There's been shootings and things out here. Uh, the, there was the shooting right across the street not long before we bought this building. It was like, you sure you want to start your church there? Said, hey, those folks would have, if we'd have been there earlier and those folks would have got saved, God wouldn't have been out there shooting those people. It wouldn't have happened. And we need to get more people walking with God, more people fellowshipping with God. Enoch wanted that fellowship with God. I believe also another way that Enoch pleased God was by preaching righteousness. We see in the book of Jude, we get a little more information about Enoch. 
Jude 1.14 says, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of His saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against them. Notice how many times that word ungodly is used. Enoch obviously cared a great deal about godliness. Enoch cared a great deal about righteousness. Enoch wasn't just godly himself. He preached to others and he encouraged other people to be godly in their life. And that pleased God. We ought to be doing that. We ought to be encouraging others. As parents, you ought to be encouraging your kids and training your kids to live godly lives. We ought to be being a witness to those that are in your family and maybe your co-workers or your neighbors. And be a witness. I'm not, I'm not saying preaching at them and screaming at them if they do something that's not right. But you know what? Try to teach them. Try to set an example. Try to be a witness to them. Share some Scripture with them. That's what Enoch did. He wasn't afraid. He didn't think, oh, I don't want to offend them. By preaching to them, talking about religious things and godliness, he did that. He, he called them out. On what they did, it is amazing the wickedness that's going on in this world today that's just totally accepted as normal. What used to be, I mean, unspeakable is now considered normal and even celebrated. And it's, it seems like fewer and fewer are speaking out against it. Enoch wasn't like that. He called people out on their ungodliness. But I believe most of all, the thing that Enoch did that pleased God, I believe it was Enoch's faith. Now remember, Enoch, even though he's special, we don't know everything about him, but I believe Enoch, and even though Enoch walked with God, I don't believe that walk with God was just like Adam and Eve's. Remember, man separated from God. They didn't have that fellowship like they did before. I mean, God Himself, He came and He walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. But Enoch, I don't believe he had that walk where he was physically able to see God like Adam and Eve did because Enoch was a sinner too. But Enoch, he had a walk with God, but it was a walk of faith. And the Bible says in that verse, in that hall of faith, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God and then the next verse, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I believe that was Enoch right there. I don't believe it's a mistake that verse came right after the verse about Enoch. I believe that he probably, uh, he'd heard about that walk that Adam had. He was the seventh from Adam, his great, 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 maybe grandfather. I believe Adam was. I believe Adam lived uh, while Enoch was still on earth. He, maybe he talked to him one day about it. Man, you, Adam, great, 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 great grandpa, you walked with God. You were actually able to talk with him. Well, I wonder if I could do that too. I wonder if I could have a walk with God. I don't know. Maybe when he was a little kid, he got interested in that, and he started diligently seeking Him. But he wasn't able to see God like Adam was. But yet he believed in God just as much as Adam did. He had that faith in God. And boy, God looked at that and God was pleased. 
Remember Jesus after He died on the cross and after He rose from the dead and He showed up there amongst His disciples. But Thomas wasn't there. And you remember the story. Thomas, he didn't believe Him. He said, not until I see Him. Not until I put my hand into His sides and I see that nail prints in His hands. I'm not going to believe. And the next time Jesus showed up and He showed Thomas. And Thomas saw it and he said, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said, Thomas, I believe it's because thou hast seen Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believed. Jesus wasn't impressed when Thomas believed after he saw. But he is impressed and he is excited when people like us who have not seen Christ, but yet we still believe in Him. That pleases God because that's faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please Him. What great faith Enoch had. And God, He was so pleased with that. And it got to the point where God finally just said, you know, Enoch, I'm just gonna I'm gonna bring you to heaven. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it right now. He had that testimony that he pleased God. So how can I show God that I have faith? How can I show God that kind of faith so I can please Him so I can have that walk? Well, first of all, we show our faith simply by believing. You know, by I challenge you to just take the Word of God, study it, look for something in there, a promise of God, and then believe it. Do what He says and expect it to happen. That's what I've tried to do in my life. I look for things, ways that I can, I can show faith. Claim a promise of God. Maybe something that... For example, you know, the give and it shall be given unto you. That takes faith sometimes. Well, there's going to be times where it's going to take some faith to give. It's going to be, it's, man, it's not going to seem like the time to do it. It's like, you know what? I'm just... I'm going to do what God said to do. I'm going to go ahead and believe Him. When you hear all the junk that's going on that the world says that goes totally against the Bible, you know, for example, you know, the way you're supposed to raise your children today according to the world. So you know what? I think I'm going to. I know all the experts and all these intelligent people are saying one thing, but you know, I'm going to do what the Bible says. I'm going to have faith in the Word of God. And just claim claim the promises of God, and I can promise you, He will come through, and God's going to be pleased with that when He sees you doing something just because He said to do it. Not because it looks like the time is right, not because it looks like the easy thing to do, but simply because God said to do it. You have that faith, that's going to please God. We we show our faith by believing. We show that we believe by our obedience. People all the time, well, I believe the Bible. I believe God. Well, then why aren't you doing what He said in His Word? Why aren't you following His commandments? Why aren't you, why aren't you keeping the commandments of God? If you really believed Him, you're going to do what He said to do. Just obey Him just because He says so. Trust in this book. It's like, oh, I need some more proof. I need some evidence. I need a sign. Well, if God gives you a sign, then He's not going to be pleased. You may remember the story of Gideon. Gideon, he kept wanting the signs. God told him to go and defeat the Midianites, I believe it was, and he laid that he laid that fleece out. And I might get the story backwards, but he said, "Lord, if this is if you're in this, make the fleece dry and the ground wet with dew." And sure enough, the Lord did it. And he's like, "Well, all right, well, let's try this. Let's try to reverse it, Lord. This time, make it dry in the ground and wet on the fleece." And the Lord did that. And then Gideon's like, okay. But you know what? That's a pretty neat miracle there. God wanted Gideon to have faith. 
So Gideon finally goes up against that army while he's out there. God's like, okay, now it's time for faith. They had 32,000. God ended up cutting his army down to 300. Now Gideon had to have faith. And you know what? We don't see Gideon ask for a sign after that. I wonder if he learned his lesson. If he'd asked for another sign, God might have made him go in there all by himself. I mean, I don't know. God wants us to have faith. God's pleased when we have faith. Be careful asking for a sign because God's going to get faith out of you one way or the other. So, I think you're, I personally think you're better off without a sign. Otherwise, it's just going to get more complicated. But we, so we show that we believe by our beings. We show that we believe by seeking Him, by just looking. I mean, making, making that effort. I mean, there, listen. I don't expect somebody, especially right after they get saved, you're not, you're not all of a sudden just downloaded with all the information that's in the Bible. You're not just going to all of a sudden know everything there is to know about the Word of God. I still don't. But boy, when you're seeking for answers, when you're looking for the for the for answers, God's going to show them to you a lot quicker than you think. He's going to reveal those things to you. It may be uh, through something that just happens to be in the passage of Scripture that you read that day. It might be through something that I preached during one of the services. God knows that you're looking for it. And he gives me a message to go along with those things. If you're seeking Him, He's going he's gonna to show you what you need. When you, when you have that faith, God's going to teach you. You might not understand why. You know, why does God want us to do that? You might not understand why. Too many people, it's like, you know what? I'll obey God when I understand why He wants me to do this. Bad idea. I personally believe that when you just obey God, even when you don't understand it, later He may reveal why. There are some things that in my that in my own life that I was taught growing up, things I read in the Bible that I didn't understand why. It didn't really make that much sense, but I obeyed them anyway. And now I know. And you know what? There's still some things I still don't completely understand, but I'm going to keep on obeying them. And God may reveal it to me. He may not. But what's going to please God is when we, by faith, we continue believing. I believe Enoch was a perfect example of what God is looking for with mankind. One who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. John chapter 4, verse 23 says, God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Verse 4 says, The Father seeketh such to worship Him. God wants people that are going to worship Him in spirit and His truth. God has no desire to destroy us. That's not what God is here for. His desire is for us to be obedient because we love Him. Not just out of fear. God wants us to want to have that fellowship, that relationship with Him. He wants us to want to love Him, to be close to Him. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants us to turn from our sin. God wants us to be close to Him. He wants us to have that walk. He wants it from you just as much as He wants it from me or anybody else. And I'm here today to tell you that when it comes to walking with God, you are the one that's going to benefit from that. You are the one that's going to be blessed because of that. You're the one that's going to come out ahead. I don't know why anybody would not want a walk with God. I believe I think I think everybody does. But kind of like we talked about this morning, though, not willing not everybody is willing to have that faith. Not everybody is willing 
to trust Him. Maybe there's doubt. That's something that we have to battle all the time. But Enoch, he got victory of that. Enoch, he diligently sought the Lord. He walked with God and he pleased and he pleased God. And I hope that's your desire today to please God. And if in the way we please God is by faith. Have a walk with God in your life. So let's all stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed.